Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy for the Ages, the show where a father and son talk about fantasy, science fiction, and other nerdy things that we enjoy. Today, we just got the father and not the son. There's someone else here today. I have a guest with us as we're going to talk about... Uh, something we've been reading that we really enjoy. But before I jump into that, before I introduce my guest, I do want to remind you, if this is something you find enjoyable, let us know by clicking that like button down below. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, we humbly invite you to do so. Down in the show notes, you'll find other ways that you can interact with my son, Zach, and I. You'll also find where you can find this guy. So Colin, welcome to the channel. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for the invitation, Jim. It's been kind of a long time in the in the making, right? We've been chatting about maybe collabing yeah, about have. something for I don't know six it's or seven months. months now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, here tell we are. People out here, who you are and where they can find the things that you do. My name is Colin from the YouTube channel, Collins Corner, where I talk mainly about fantasy, science fiction, some horror, uh, but I will be trying to branch out and just expand my reading palette a little bit this upcoming year. But that, those are my mainstays, my pillars of the channel and my main interests. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm pretty active on there. It's Collins Corner YT. Uh, if you search me on YouTube, you might have to search Collins Corner YT also because there's other Collins Corners out there, and we need to usurp them. Yes, yes, you got to get that <laughs> trademarked, my friend, trademarked. <laughs> so yeah, that's where you can find me. And I, uh, like I mentioned, I pretty much talk about the same stuff that, that Jim and Zach talk about, some nerdy stuff that I love to share with others. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I recommend you check out Collins Corner. I subscribed. There is interesting stuff there. He does share a lot of things that we're interested in as well. But everyone brings their own takes to things and has their own flavor. So if you like our channel, you'll probably like his too. Go take a look. So today we're here to talk about Malazan, Book of the Fallen, a fantastic book series that both Colin and I are working through. Zach is on it too, but he's like a third of the way into book one. So I'm glad he's reading it, but he's going slow. And understandable, book one is... It's a little tough to first get into, you know, I, I like to think of it as the gatekeeper of the series. If you can make it through Gardens of the Moon, okay, you're going to like the series. Keep going. But some people can't do it. They just can't. <laughs> it's it's different. I'm assuming we're going to get into a little bit about why that's so. But uh, yes. yeah, it's it's a, it's an experience, I will say. Right. For sure. 100%. So as you guys are watching this video, we do want to remind you that uh, this is spoiler light. We're not going to be discussing plot points here today. We're not going deep into revealing what happens in the books. And I can guarantee that because neither of us have finished Malazan yet. We're both first time readers. I'm halfway through the core novels. Colin, you're not quite as far. I think you said, uh, say I'd move out of the way. You're right in this one. Yep, almost dead center of Memories of Ice. So I'm um, the first third, uh, I guess not by word count, but by book, yes. There you go. And so it's it's easy for us to not reveal how things end. We have no clue yet. But we also don't like to ruin the experience for others. So this is a safe spot if you are only partway through Malazan or haven't read it at all yet. But this would be a great thing to listen to. You might discern, yeah, maybe you should. You should read it. And it's certainly one of those things that um, a lot of people aren't sure they should read because they're like, ooh, I've heard scary things. It might be too much for me. I'm not sure I could handle Malazan. I certainly heard things like that when I first heard about the series. Yeah, I, I didn't know it even existed for years and years and years. I'd kind of fallen behind on what was newer coming out in, in fantasy. I've been a fantasy reader since a teenager, but I'd, I'd never heard of this. So I think it was 2021 when I finally heard about this Malazan thing and started thinking maybe I should try it. They're like, oh, it's really hard. It's it's really tough stuff. And some people, other content creators going, oh yeah, I, I tried Malazan. Hmm, it's too much. Now nah, I've got other things I'll enjoy. This is just way too much of a series. Well, that just sounded like a challenge. So right. I got to it 
I was going in going, okay, let's see what this is all about. And I'll agree. Gardens of the Moon, it just drops you right into things. And it's it can be hard to figure out what the heck's going on. And I mean, who's the hero? You know, No, it, it doesn't work like that. It's a very different kind of story. But I loved what I discovered. How did you first hear about Malazan? And what was your experience like deciding to go into it? So I... Kind of similar to you and probably around the same time frame, I would say 2021. Um, I had, so we'll, we'll take it back all the way to to kind of just briefly how I stumbled upon BookTube. And it was when COVID first. COVID brought a lot C. of us into yes. this. Yes. The big C first. So <laughs> I, I had got into just reading again. I picked up a book randomly. And some of the first couple of channels that I found were uh, Mike from Mike's Book Reviews. And the first two channels that I actually subscribed to were Mike and Jimmy from the Fantasy Network. I'm not sure if you are familiar with Jimmy. but That one, I mean, there's so many out there. That one I haven't come across, but certainly Mike. So Jimmy has got a wonderful community, and I was kind of just following his journey because he's a big Song of Ice and Fire fan. And he his, like, kind of uh, mission statement when he started his channel was to try to find the next series that made him feel like a song of ice and fire and so he's getting into some of these bigger series like realm of the elderlings and eventually it leads him to and you'll have to forgive me because my brain always just says malazan and i can't break it from saying that i don't right. know if that's, that's right or wrong way. Like, is no, it no, that's okay how I, I don't know it. Okay, I don't that's know. How I've that's heard him say that in interviews. <laughs> okay. But I, I so, just always saw Malazan and I can't it's interesting because the audiobook narrator doesn't always say Malazan. It's it's it doesn't matter according to Erickson anyways, but my brain says Malazan. So you'll hear a bit of a discrepancy between Jim and I on that front. We're embracing all types here now. See, here we are. So Jimmy got into it, and I wasn't reading it at the time, but it was. Like, I just started seeing his videos for the first couple of books that he did. And I didn't watch the live discussions because I didn't want to be spoiled. But I had, I just, he he was so in awe of what this series was doing in comparison to other fantasy that he was reading. And so I started obviously seeing around that time more stuff was becoming popular around Malaz and I Kong didn't get that. Other, other Could you try again? reading it and putting out these videos saying this is really complicated i i don't know you know if this is for me whatever so i started to get interested my interest was piqued in uh the series but i was a little bit intimidated so i just started like picking up books when i saw them in order mm -hmm. at barnes and noble like they don't always have all of them and i think i'm still missing one but I picked up Gardens of the Moon one day, and a couple of months later, I stopped back, and Deadhouse Gates was there. So I started collecting them until I was ready to go, and that's kind of how I Jimmy Jimmy from the Fantasy Network would be in a roundabout way how I first heard about the Malazan Book of the Fallen. Okay, uh, you kind of described then too, you know, where I wanted to to think about hesitations. You know, did you think for yourself that it might? be too much for you did you ever doubt that you would enjoy this series or were you like nah i'm I'm already i think with this uh i tried to temper my expectations a little bit uh because there's obviously the clickbaity videos out there that are like <laughs> i tried my lazen and don't do it and i'm like okay it's it's a book it's a book and part of the reason that you know, I enjoy reading is to be challenged. And it's not like I'm an English native speaker trying to read a series in German. Like eventually I figured I would, you know, and, I, and I'm also, I know this about myself as a reader. I'm not one of the readers that needs to know exactly how everything works all the time. And I knew I wasn't going to know that going into Malaz. So yes, I was a bit intimidated uh, just because of the sheer volume of pages and i knew obviously by that how much content would be here mm -hmm. but then i started to see all these videos and discussions people were having and there's so many online resources to figure out information if you want to that that intimidation kind of slowly just started to like tick down and then the excitement to get to it started to tick back up 
There you go. And until they aligned where I was like, not intimidated, really excited. I was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. My preparation, my training for Malazan, you know, certainly had to do with, I'm not afraid to read long, complex, robust series. Uh, when it comes to long, I've read all of Terry Brooks' Shannara series. I've read all of Feist's Rift War cycle, I, you know, 30 plus books, tons of material. These things do not scare me. I've read The Wheel of Time many times. There's a lot of pages there, a lot of characters, very complex, lots of stuff going on. So that, that okay, I, I, can, I can handle a long, robust series, but would it be something I'd really get hooked on would it would it truly draw me in that was the question that's what i wondered you know because i'd also tried gene wolf's the book of the new sun which some people absolutely rave about this whole podcast's on uh the reread of it and getting deep and all the stuff and and i hated it i read really? the whole thing but i hated it it was like i want those weeks back but I, I made a point to read all the way through it because everybody said how wonderful it was. And if I was going to speak harshly, I wanted to speak from a place of knowledge. So I'll never reread that one. So I'm like, okay, which side of the spectrum was this going to fall is where I'm going in, knowing it's a divided series. People who love it and people who will never touch it again. Uh, so those were my only hesitations. And when I got into Gardens of the Moon, I, I certainly was was, you know, ready to see which way it was going to lead me. And all I found was, I like this. This is interesting. This is, it's not holding my hand. It's not giving me all the answers. Like I said, and I don't need to know all the answers. It's a mystery that I'm learning about as I go. And it fascinated me. And uh, just getting dropped right in the middle of what's clearly this massive epic story and you're just getting little snippets and pieces and, and it's a puzzle. It's putting together over time. It was working for me. So that, you know, that was my Gardens of the Moon experience that you get to the end and you really don't know what you know yet. And you don't know what you don't know yet. You just know some things and yes. you probably liked it, especially by the end of the book. Now, I got to ask you, because I moved from that to obviously book two, Dead House Gates, which you have also read. and very different, which sets some people off. They're like, they think they're finally figuring out by the get, time they get to the Gardens of the Moon, and then it's, what happened? It's such a shift, and barely any characters you recognize. It's just like a totally different story. Some people can't make it through that. Did you have any challenge like that when you moved on to Deadhouse Gates? I didn't, and I've heard this, and I've heard both sides of this. And my experience was... And I said this in my Dead House Gates review, which Steven Erickson actually watched and put a very thoughtful comment on the video. Wow, um, you've arrived, my friend. You've arrived. Look at that. <laughs> I think it's cool when authors like to mingle and aren't like just hating on people that don't agree with what they're doing. I agree. You know I mean? Yeah. yeah. He, he's very thoughtful, and you can see him in the community all over the place. Like I have noticed appearances that. Yep. And, and he, uh, my experience with book one. And it's funny because it's it's timely uh, as far as where we are in the calendar year. But my experience with book one felt like you come downstairs on Christmas morning. You're a kid. There's presents everywhere. And for the first like 20 minutes, if you're a family that like has their presents wrapped, you're just running around unwrapping presents. You're like, oh, my God, look how cool this is. I wanted this. Then you go over here and you got something you didn't even know you wanted but your parents are paying attention or your someone was paying attention and they're like, Oh my God, I got this. This is so cool. And you don't really know how anything works yet. You're just, <laughs> un you're just un unveiling things and you're just kind of in wonder and awe, like, Oh my gosh, this is mine. Or, Oh my gosh, this is happening. That's how book one felt for me. I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know what mm -hmm. I was going to get into, what I was going to, play with for a little bit and then want to put down for a while like i just was really excited the whole time and then book two for me kind of felt like i was sitting down with a toy and i was opening it and like reading the instructions and getting to know it like i felt like i i i was more keen on what to pay attention to like what erickson does as an author so i was 
kind of picking up on a little bit more of the foreshadowing. I was more comfortable not knowing what was going on, so I wasn't worried about trying to figure things out. I was just along for the ride trying to figure this toy out that I had in my hands. Mm -hmm. And just kind of in like absolute awe of the tonal change between book one and two and how well for me that it worked. I mean, book two was like just, there's a lot of heavy stuff that happens in book one, but right off the rip, and next level face, in book two it's like oh my gosh like yeah. this is nuts this dude is not yeah. messing around my experience you know book one i like the way you describe that uh there's just so many things thrown at you and so many different things happening in book one that uh, you don't even entirely know what you've got yet but it's cool book two now it gets serious you know now he's throwing the real heavy stuff at you and there were times in book two where i'm like holy crap this is just so heavy and yeah. and there are parts of it that by intention feel like oh this is going on forever this is so oh but not in a bad way just oh <laughs> yeah and then you get to the end of that book and i'm like a couple of different things in particular. Again, we're not talking plot points, but there's some mind-blowing moments at the end of the book that delivers in such an amazing way. I like to think that if somebody is going to try Malazan and they go through book one and they're still not sure, that's fine. That's fine. Hopefully you liked enough, you know, keep going. And then they get to book two and... Still, ooh, this is a lot of stuff. I don't know, man, but make it through. If you make it through book two and then you start book three, you're in. That's it. You're in and you're not going to quit because uh, you're at a great place now in Memories of Ice. Now it's like, oh, this is so cool. This is such a great story. Whoa. Yeah. That, at least it's that's thing, how Things I are felt. happening now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Specifically where in I'm In a lot at, of yeah, ways, book, book one and book two have set things up that now book three can build off of. And so does the rest of the series in, in some interesting ways. Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, trusting, trusting Erickson to get you there is that was a big thing for me too, I guess. So Erickson has kind of, at least in our small little corner of the internet, he's kind of become a household name. I mean, people know who Steven yes. Erickson is now. When I had first heard, like when Jimmy first decided to read Malazan, I had no idea who Steven Erickson was. And he wasn't a presence in the community. And not a lot of people had read and finished the Malazan Book of the Fallen yet. Some mm -hmm. people had, but not people that I were watching. And I think in the very beginning, when it was first blowing up, it was it's a lot easier now that I've started so much later than so many other people and there's content everywhere. Uh, I trust Eric's tube that have finished the series and loved it. I've got enough evidence to trust that he will get me to where he wants to get me. And at the beginning, I would say part of my intimidation level was that I didn't know who he was. I didn't know a lot of people that had finished this and gotten to the end mm -hmm. and spoke about how much they loved it. So it was hard for me to trust that this author was not just doing all this random stuff for the sake of doing all this random stuff. But I don't have <laughs> that hurdle to jump over anymore. Like I just, right. like I said, like I'm just along for the ride, man. Like, Take me yep. where you think where you think I need to be, and maybe I'll catch stuff. I still don't really know exactly what's going on, but I'm cool with it. I generally have a better, you know, overall understanding of kind of the politics, and but still, there's a ton of stuff I don't understand. <laughs> My understanding of this series is is really the birth of it was goes way back to just Erickson and Esselmont, you know, gaming and creating this world between themselves. And then eventually they both decide to start writing things about it, you know, and create this story out of this stuff they just made up together, which is fascinating. Uh, but, you know, I'm through those first five books and I still feel like really this was setting the stage still for what's coming in the rest of the series. It's There's so much to it. It's such a complex, well-thought-out uh, world that they have built that it's a lot of fun to hang out in and, and just see oh, yeah. so much. Oh, it's, it's been pretty impressive for me. I agree. So, you know, once I started Gardens of the Moon, I knew there was enough here. I was going to finish this series. I, I tend to be a completionist. 
I don't like to leave things undone that I've started, but if I have to, I'll DNF it if I have to. It's just that's a very small list of things that I've not finished. This one, oh no, no, it was easy. As I'm working through the first book, I knew this this was for me. Did you feel the same or did it take the second book to definitely convince you, yep, I'm going to go all the way? Or are you still not sure? So obviously I had already said I started pre-collecting the books. I had, I think, already predetermined that I was going to give this the good old college try. And uh, I think it's earned enough respect in the fantasy, at least, community. There's some series that I think have just earned the right to be given a good, solid try. And so I think I predetermined, like I said, that I was going to really at least read the first two or three books in this. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same way you are. I just recently DNF'd a book for the first time since starting a channel and for the first time in like over two years. Like I just, at least physically, because I do a lot of audiobooks too. And even those, I'll kind of power through. I do not often dnf a physical read a series is a little different but still part of my brain is like hey you you gotta finish this at least and see how it ends (laughs) so in terms of with gardens of the moon specifically it didn't take me long i think like 200 pages in when i still had like really no clue what was going on i was like i was just i'd find myself just like i can't put this down i don't know what's happening but I can't put this yeah. down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think yeah. I knew at that point, like, all right, let's go. I'm in. So there is a lot to these books. It, it's not something you can just fly through. I, I like to think the books really make you think, you know, like there are plenty of books I also do on audio. I can't picture doing these on audiobook. It's certainly not my first time, maybe a reread, but I, I have to be able to absorb. and. Uh, you know, I think that's part of what's so compelling about these stories. There's so much to them. You need to take the time to really process what you're reading. And you mentioned foreshadowing that there's, you know, in, in Dead House Gates, you started to really see some of the foreshadowing that it was doing. But it's all over Gardens of the Moon, too. I mean, there's so much foreshadowing in these books that you could easily miss if you really oh, yeah. weren't taking the time to ponder. So honestly, after each of these books... I've not moved right on to the next book. I've gone off, read something else, then come back. And I find that while I'm away, I'm still thinking about what I read. Even though I'm reading some other book, I'm still processing. That is so fun. It's one of the things that, you know, engages me in this. What are some of the things that you find compelling about this experience of reading Malazan? I'll try it once for you. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple of things stand out, I think. The first, and I kind of touched on this in a couple of my, my first two two reviews, is uh, Erickson puts a ton of trust in the reader to figure things out. So oh, I yeah, no about, hand-holding. Yeah, I, trusted, I, I talked about trusting Erickson to get us there, but it's not in a heavy-handed way, like, at all. Um, yeah. He, he doesn't assume the intelligence level of any reader. He just, it feels like he's got a story to tell. Here's the information. Do with it what you will. That's that's what it feels like. And there's a certain level of like, oh, thanks, man. Like, I got this. Like, you trust me. You don't need to tell me exactly why everything's happening. You don't need to give me the lore history of every race you're introducing as you're introducing them. Because there's stuff that, like, I'm learning about races we met in Gardens of the Moon that I'm just now learning about in book three. Like, he, mm-hmm. he didn't feel the need to tell me why this was the way it is or why these two races, you know. He just kind of says stuff. He gives you the information. He gives you right. the facts of the world, and you you make sense of them as you go. And and then the other thing, and I've heard that this is influenced by, which I haven't read, Glenn Cook's Black Company. I've heard that. Yep. Haven't um, read that yet either. It's buried I on the own TBR it. still. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the most unique things for me in terms of I haven't read many, if any, books like this, at least in fantasy, is uh, – there are characters and groups of characters that I've grown to like following, but there isn't, and you mentioned this too, like there isn't a big baddie. There isn't a hero. There isn't a single cause that's very obvious to get behind because even many of the characters and the groups of characters that I enjoy following are part of something inherently not good. Right. (laughs) But it's just weird because 
I can't tell you why some of the characters feel bad and others don't. No one is really like doing anything straight good or straight bad. Everyone's just kind of trying to survive in this world. And there's people caught in the the you know the, the trappings of like the government and just having to do things even if they don't want to do them just because of the position that they're in or mm-hmm. whatever. Like it's there's so many layers to this world and in not having just a single like Frodo to get behind. It's different. Not having a single Sauron to go after. It's like right. I don't know what the answers are. I don't I don't really know who I want to win. <laughs> like if I want anyone to win. Like I don't know who I want to I don't even know if that's what this is about at all. <laughs> so that wrapping my head around that yeah. has been interesting because usually in fantasy it's kind of just sure there's morally great characters, but there's usually an end you kind of want and kind of don't want. With this, it's it's not like that. It's it's again, it's just like here's here's what everybody is doing. Here's how everyone's handling the events of this world and things that are happening. Do with it what you will. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, totally. And uh, it, that doesn't change much as you keep going through the books. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an experience. Uh, yeah, you know, it's one of the things that really turns some people off of the series. I think they want to know. Who am I supposed to cheer for? You know, who who are the good guys? Who's the big bad? They want that explained. And uh, th- that's not what this series is about. If that's what you're looking for, this might not be for you. It's true. But this is definitely something refreshingly different. Yeah, that's rich and that I'm certainly enjoying. Um, you know, I guess another thing that I've, I've really appreciated about this series is... Uh, he Erickson continues to add in elements that, as you said before, were just you know mentioned early on, or you heard about this race, this group, whatever. And then later in the stories, he'll he'll give you more. He'll find a natural way for you to learn about a different uh, a different background, a different source, a different motivation that's behind all of these things. And it's why I kind of feel like the first five books have almost been set up for the next five because he keeps doing that. And yet every one of these stories is engaging. Is It's got stuff that sucks you in and you care. And then that leads me to just one other thing yeah. I'm really enjoying about the series, something that is why I find it so compelling, is his use of humor. Because oh, there's man. a lot of heavy stuff, okay? And oh my goodness, the stuff that's happening. And yet all through the books so far... There's elements of humor intentionally put in there. Certain characters that are practically comic relief and yet not. No one's in there just for cheap laughs. Nobody. But he can find a way to have little bits of brightness in almost every situation. I love the way that's written. Yeah, I agree. I was was surprised. I think it took me. So I will note that the way I've been reading everything in the series so far is immersively. So I'm reading it alongside the audiobook every time okay. i read it i'm not okay. strictly reading physically or strictly doing audio and part of that was because i didn't want to like you said oh you can't really fly through this and i have the tendency to like if i get in the groove reading physically like even if i'm really tired and i'm into something i'll just keep going and kind of skim read if i'm really tired and i don't want to miss stuff so i've found like a healthy speed to like read alongside the audio and it helps me it took me probably two or three hundred pages. Again, like it's kind of that point where I knew I was all in into Gardens of the Moon to realize how much humor there actually was in any any number of conversations that are happening between any number yes. of characters. And I had gone into this thinking because just you hear so much about it, and I had such a serious tone in mind. Like this is I don't know what it is, but it's serious and it's it's hard to understand and. And I'd literally find myself like chuckling out loud at some of this. Like once you get to know some of the characters and their demeanor and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're very subtle, like feel very human instances of humor that fit the characters that utilize them very, very well. It's something that that really was a pleasant surprise. I'm glad you brought that up for me is how funny Erickson really is. Really is. And again, we're not going to ruin plot points, but Deadhouse Gates the sappers oh man! Oh my goodness 
<laughs> so good. So yeah. good. I just okay, it just uh, feels like I and I don't I don't know how how soldiers talk to each other, but it feels like how they would. You know, there's yeah, there's gotta be some of that at times. There's gotta be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and aside here, I keep hearing a little chime. Uh, are you hearing that sound or is it just me? I'm not, but I'm trying to it's, it's I have like a little my headphones in. So I, I don't know what it would be. If it yeah, a little com- it's happen, like a computer I'm sound. Gonna I'm going to leave one of my headphones out because I turned my notifications off so that none of this would happen. And I don't know if it's you or if it's me because I'm using I'm gonna a different leave my, browser I'm gonna leave than I my headphone to. out so that if it's me, I'll hear it. Okay. Okay. And I, ha- I haven't heard it since you took that one out now. So <laughs> okay. if I hear it again, I'll go, hey, that was it. Did you hear that? Okay. <laughs> Hopefully I'll hear um, it again. Yeah, there's nothing now. Yeah, of course. Okay. uh, Are there any challenges you've been finding in reading these books? Anything that has been hard or unpleasant or too confusing? How have you felt? So as a student, an employee, a husband, and a father, the biggest challenge is really finding the time to like to just dig in to this mm. book because yeah they, i mean i'm very interested in them like no problem there but they're so big that it feels like reading a 50 page chunk is like it feels like i got nothing done <laughs> even though that's 50 pages <laughs> so i and i'll say this too in terms of like the information coming in i don't know if you, have you seen the dlc book club they're another channel uh no i haven't YouTube. caught that one they uh, aren't like BookTube members. They just are people that heard about this series. Like these, it's a guy named Jeff Katana and Lana something. I, I forget her last name. It's escaping me at the moment. But they're doing like a, they're reading like two or three chapters at a time and they're just talking about where they're at. So I've kind of been following them along like exactly where I'm at. And then like I'll listen mm-hmm. to them while I'm driving. So I've been doing that. And then when I finished Gardens of the Moon and when I finished Dead House Gates, I'm sure you've seen the wiki, like the Google Docs, sorry, the Google Docs. Um, there's like a Google Docs out there that summarizes every single I chapter. have not seen it because I am so paranoid of spoils Okay, you know, well, that I don't even want to read what somebody's wikied about books okay. I've already read because it might reveal fair. something that I hadn't connected yet and I don't want to know yet. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> so I've been using that after i completely finish one of the books because it's completely broken down like by book and then by chapter and somebody it's got to be like a team of people have like basically given you the information you should know about each character at this point laid out for you and i completely get where you're coming from too because some people don't even want that like they just want to figure things out on their own or just be cool with not knowing things but that's kind of been my experience it's like Sure. I'm enjoying living in this and thinking about this world so much that I'm personally seeking that stuff out just because I enjoy it. However, mm-hmm. I want to put the caveat in here of saying that I would still be enjoying this series without that. I don't need that to enjoy the series. I'm just enjoying the world so much that I'm like seeking it outside of actually reading the books also. But um, to answer your original question, my biggest hurdle is just finding the time it does take a lot of time yeah you can't fly through these no um a funny story when i was reading gardens the moon i'm part way into it i'm reading them all on my kindle so i have i bought them all on kindle i've got them all waiting for me Uh, the the core 10 not all the others i've bought some of those too i know i'm gonna read them all eventually so i picked them up but my wife and i Okay, we're at a point in our lives where our kids are gone. You know, they're adulting. They're all on their own. It's just the two of us. And our favorite thing to do for an evening is sit down and read. So I do have time to read. Still, it takes a while to get through these books. So we went on a cruise last year and I was on the first book. And I'm going to do a lot of reading when I'm on vacation, sitting on a cruise ship. So how many books should I download you know, to be sure I don't run out because in the middle of the ocean, you can't just download another book. You know, you're, you're stuck. So <laughs> so I downloaded and made sure I had the first 
three books on ready. So Gardens of the Moon and Dead House Gates, Memories of Ice. They're waiting in the queue. Yeah, we got back from a week-long cruise. I'm still on Gardens of the Moon, and I've had hours to read. It just That's so funny. I had the same exact experience with Dead House Gates because I, I had started it before we went on vacation this year in August, and I brought like four other books with me too. We went on vacation <laughs> for a week. I came back and I still had like 80 some pages left to read of Dead House Gates. I'm like, I didn't even make yeah. it through this. <laughs> but I read a and lot. Yeah, it's so good. We don't want it to rush anyway, right? There'll be a time right. when we're finishing the crippled God and going, oh, it's done. <laughs> it was incredible. But, oh. and I see that, you know, I, there's a lot of people who share their reading experience on Twitter as they work through it and people who when they finally finish that last book and they're like i've spent all year in this and ah yeah it's a moment yeah which i expect will happen I, i've been reading for months goodness i guess since it was the cruise last year i started back in about march okay. and i since march have read through the first five books again i read a lot of other things so it hasn't been straight through um, right I'll spend probably all of 2024 still reading uh, the last five plus the others that I'm interspersing because it, it just takes that much time. But that is not a problem. That I mean, that's yeah, a great I, thing to know. I've got to look forward to. I started in August with the group. I'm doing a read along with some other friends from BookTube. And mm -hmm. uh, we were like, you know, we kind of originally were like, we'll do one a month. And as soon as we got to Deadhouse Gates, I think some of us were like, all right, well, we won't be too strict on that. We'll kind of see, because none of us, and, and you're the same way too, like I don't want my entire channel and reading life to be strictly malazin. Like I read a lot of other stuff yep. too. And uh, I think in order to do a book a month of this and have discussions and make content about it and be a student and a dad and a husband, it would just be too much. So we've we've yeah. relaxed our time restraints and we're just like, hey, whenever, you know, we, we all start in Memories of Ice, when we all finish it is when we'll have our discussion. So I, I can imagine I'll probably be reading throughout all of next year. I don't think I'll finish yep. this series next year. There's, I don't there see that happening. No problems, really. No problems. Yeah, Zach and I started this channel focused on The Wheel of Time, which we both read completely and wanted to read through doing a deep dive now on all of them. and. Uh, yeah, we, we got a ways in and went, there's too many other things we want to talk about. We can't just do all Wheel of Time. And so, yeah, now we got into everything and all these different things. There's so much to enjoy. So much there to really love. is. And you can't always put a time on it. It's going to take what it takes. And there's nothing wrong I with that. I think most people understand that, too. Most consumers of content understand that. There are some that are like, where are you? Why haven't you been? I'm like, because I this isn't my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is a hobby, man. <laughs> yeah. I have kind of gotten addicted to this hobby, though. You know, so oh, I, lately I've been putting, trying to put out something every day. It might only be a YouTube short, you know, but something I toss out there. Uh, and the bigger ones, you know, only Sundays and every other Wednesday that we have a long episode comes out. But it's manageable then. Find ways to work it in. Yeah, it's, it's difficult if you don't deliberately set aside the time because i plan all of my videos out that i record and unless it's mm -hmm. discussion of course but uh man it it takes a long time to to plan a video out to record it to export it to your computer to edit it to upload it yes, to it does. like it's <laughs> you know that's like hours and hours just for one video right. unless you're doing a live chat with and th these are my favorite things to do are these chats because i feel like i get to know people I feel more like just genuine conversations yep. happening. And, and not that we put short shrift on these things, but honestly, it does take less preparation, you know, because oh, we're just sharing what we think, you know, yeah. talking freely. Well, let's move on. I've got a couple other questions uh, that won't, I don't think will take us long here to kind of tie this up with a bow. Uh, one would be, where do you place this series now? You know, where do you think it's falling compared to other things you've read and enjoyed or not enjoyed? You know, is it, do you think it's positioning to be the best thing you've read or at least the best in fantasy fiction or top 10%, maybe the top half somewhere, you know, how are you feeling about this? Because for me, you know, the wheel of time has been the best 
I've enjoyed in fantasy for a long time. And this is definitely threatening its perch. You know, this this may be the king of the pile by the time I'm done. I, I'm that much loving this experience. But what about you? An interesting question that I think... Purely subjective, of course. So I have a strong contender for, and this has been building over the last couple of years, so, um, for a strong contender for favorite author ever, uh, who is on their way to unseat Stephen King, who is just an author we, that... We share feels, the love for Stephen King. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that he's the most amazing literary wonder of the world ever, but he's an author that feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just never... I always just was like, yeah, Stephen King is my favorite. Robin Hobb uh, is really making a strong case. Interesting. To unseat Stephen King. And the reason that I bring that up is because I connect with the world that Robin Hobb has created and her characters more than I ever thought I would connect to a world. And as awesome as Malazan is in its own right, I don't feel that emotional connection to it that I do with Realm of the Elderlings, but it's still stinking awesome. And I think this is kind of a hard question for me to answer because I still don't know so much. And maybe I will grow a connection to the world, but I'm like midway through book three and I don't still think I'm supposed to really have much figured out yet. Like, uh, so I think, and I'm also somebody that has not been reading fantasy like you have for, you know, a number of years and completed a lot of series. Like I've not read Wheel of Time. There's a lot of series that I still need to get to and complete. Mm-hmm. So in terms of what I've read so far, I would say that this is definitely in the top 10. Okay. Okay. That's fair. And probably going to work its way into the top five the more I get through it, but I'm not there yet. So I don't right. know. Yeah. You have some good stuff coming. You really do. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Now, Robin Hobb, you mentioned that author. That's one I've, man, I have to give another shot at some time. There's so many people enjoy Hobb's writing. I've only read the second trilogy of the, the Realm of the Elderlings, so the Live Ship Traders trilogy. And I read okay. that years ago when I'm just jumping from thing to thing. You know, I'm not really focused on what kind of stuff to read. I had no idea Robin Hobb had more books out. I just, okay, yeah, interesting. I grabbed them on a shelf. I just picked up all three. And I'll read these. And I didn't care for it. Interesting. Which which was like, I, I kind of felt maybe it was Hobb's style of writing. Just it wasn't be. my thing. And so kind of wrote off ever bothering with the rest when I heard there was more. Because I'm like, no, I didn't like the Live Ship Traders trilogy. It's it's okay, but yeah, I probably should go in and check out more at some point. Well, here's the thing: it's another really big undertaking, similar to Malazan in terms right? of sheer volume. And yeah. I've kind of gone to the place. I think a lot of readers find series like this. Like I've kind of gone to the place with Realm of the Elderlings. Not to change this at all, because I'm sure people feel the same way about Malazan. I don't feel like I need to scream from the mountaintops to get everybody to read this right now because i i genuinely don't know if it's for everybody and that's okay i know how important it is to me and i can share that yep you know what i mean totally it's part of the fun of having so much variety in fantasy fiction now there's something for everybody and not everyone's gonna like all the same things and that's cool yeah totally it's awesome yeah I mean, one of my favorite things I found in recent years is uh, Jim Butcher and the Dresden Files. I've only read three of those. I've only read three so far. Zach is working his way through the series mostly as a favor to me because he knows how much I like it. It's like it's not been his thing as much, but it's growing on him. And it's one of those series that sucks you in the more you go. But a lot of people maybe don't care for the first couple so much. And I'm like, are you current? Like, are you caught up? Oh, yeah. I've read everything that's out there and absolutely love it. It's definitely one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, I look forward to more. Yeah. So uh, everybody has their own their own preferences, and that's all good. Absolutely. I'm really enjoying it for the record so far, and I'm only three books in. So Well, good. Oh, it gets better. I mean, three is where it starts to take off. I could kind of tell there was a different. It felt denser, like, like this is going somewhere. Yep. And Jim Butcher is another one where... There's a lot of foreshadowing that you can't, you don't even realize it's foreshadowing okay. in the early books, okay. but you'll see what he does with this stuff later. Yeah. That's exciting. Okay, cool. 
Okay, last question. What type of reader would we recommend these books for? Gardens of the Moon, Dead House Gates, all of Malazan. What type of reader would we say, yeah, you definitely ought to try these? Because they're not for everybody. I, I really don't think they're for everybody. No, definitely not. I think, and and this is a weird question because I don't want to imply any type of gatekeeping, like, because I don't no, mean that. No, no. Uh, most people reading fiction are reading fiction for enjoyment. And if if that is picking up a contemporary mystery while you're at the beach and you read it and you enjoy it, awesome. Kudos to you. Like, that's amazing that you're even reading. I think that this series, though, from what I've gathered, is for fans of the fantasy genre um, to give it a try. Because what I've experienced, and I, again, will kind of compare this to Realm of the Outerlings because it's another kind of massive series in the genre that I have gained a decent amount of the volume. I've finished a lot of it. What this series, Malazan and Realm of the Elderlings and some others have shown me is what the fantasy genre is capable of. Because I think a lot of people just think of fantasy as some silly little kids thing. And right. in the the constructs of literary fiction and contemporary fiction do not allow do not allow authors to explore the types of themes and the types of the types of conversations that Erickson seems to be trying to drum up are I feel like only possible in fantasy. I mean, there's of course a lot of magic going on. There's different races. There's different creatures. There's different things that feel so foreign to our world mm -hmm. that they feel like a safe place to explore because this world feels so foreign. And yes. I think that the fantasy genre allows authors to go there because it feels so foreign and we can, we can close the cover and we can cozy up in our safe bed here on earth and feel like that's so far away, but it gave me so much to think about. Like, wow, some character that I love is like really going through like something I could never imagine happening here, but it allowed me to explore some emotions that mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. Yes. And so I feel yes. like if you're a fantasy fan and you're just interested in exploring what this genre has to offer, this is a staple just to see what somebody that has a great grasp on this genre can really do with the stuff that that's allowed in the genre, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, very well said. Absolutely. Uh, this is definitely not entry-level fantasy fiction. Nobody should try this. And again, I'm not going to stop anyone from doing what they want to do, but I would never recommend somebody pick up Gardens of the Moon as their first fantasy read. Hey, you know, someone said fantasy, fantasy fiction is good. I should try this. You'll run away screaming, thinking this was a horrible thing. And why did you ever do that? And you need to make better life choices. No, yeah, this, isn't, no. this isn't Harry Potter. <laughs> you work your way up to something like this because this is fantasy fiction that as you say it explores robust themes it, it's really going to get you to think in ways that uh you know get you in touch with some deep emotions with some hard issues uh while still being entertaining you know it's still something that you can enjoy reading but it's it's deep it's complex it's going to make you think uh so if, if that's the kind of thing you're ready for, you want something more out of your fantasy fiction than the fluff you've done so far, okay, give this a try. You will be moved if you can make it through the first book. You'll be moved in some way. I yeah, you'll be moved. <laughs> you might be moved to absolute confusion and just say, this is not my thing. And that's okay. You tried. There's right. nothing wrong with that. All the people out there who have tried Malazan and now say, no, nah, it's, it's terrible. Don't, don't waste your time. They're doing you dirty because it means it wasn't their kind of fiction. Right. And that's all right, but it might be yours. And yes. people should try for themselves. I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. We've, we've completely said everything that someone needs to know about Malazan. Book of the Fallen. I would think, yeah, before 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 you get into the nitty gritty spoilery stuff, I feel like this was a pretty good coverage of what you might be heading into if you decide to take this leap. Yeah. 
And so if any of you watching this have already read this or are partway through, you know, and, and you have thoughts on what we've said here today, put them down in the comment box. Let me know. Share what you're thinking, uh, what you agree with, what you may differ on, and I'd love to hear your perspective. If you haven't read this at all yet, and we've inspired you to check it out, let us know that too, because we love sharing our love for fantasy fiction and all sorts of, of science fiction and fantasy. So, uh, and horror. I, we don't do much horror on my channel, but a little bit, because I do love horror as well. <sighs> There's only so much time to read in a day. and so only so much time to watch things as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, let us know. If we inspired you to try it, that makes us hearts, our hearts happy because we share the joy. Uh, Colin, thank you for being here today. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. And I think, uh, slight spoiler alert, we have some more stuff planned together to collaborate on in the future. So Definitely. I want to thank you for uh, for having me on. Hopefully I get to meet Zach at some point because it was a pleasure getting to finally speak with you, not in person, but in virtual person. <laughs> yep. We'll find a time to have Zach involved. I kind of like him. He's a cool kid. <laughs> I mean, he's not much of a kid anymore. He's in <laughs> mid-20s, but, you know, to me, he's your kid. that's he's your right. Kid. That's right. <laughs> Again, everyone, uh, check out Colin's Corner. Definitely worthy content over there. And some things we haven't talked about yet, you can find out on his channel. So take a look and subscribe. We all thrive on the subscribes. That's right. But that's where we'll leave you then. Uh, any last word, Colin, that you want to share with the masses? No, I just want to thank you, of course, for, for having me on. This was a blast. It's even gotten more uh, excitement pumping through my veins to continue through this series because there's nothing like talking about a book series that I love to make me want to close my laptop screen and head over there and pick up Memories of Ice right after this. <laughs> nice. But uh, nice. you've got a wonderful community. Thank you. Pre-thank you to anyone that comments on this. I will be definitely paying attention to the comment section to respond to some of you guys as well. And and uh, as you'll see at the end of my videos, you guys are always welcome in Colin's Corner as well. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. And ending.